Last week on A Press by Sun, our heroes drove off roving fire stalkers in their Efreet backers, rescuing three civilians, a father and his two children. Now our heroes continue their journey towards Whiteport in hopes of finding a boat that can take them to Sijim University, where they hope to find allies in their war against the Firestalkers. Season 2, Episode 3, The Sacra Kraken. Uh, on the road with three civilians, two children who are burned and scared. Liddell was also taking damage as the house collapses um, in, in a pile of burning pieces. It was a completely wooden house and nothing is left standing. The uh, father is sort of sheltering his children, um, sort of head down, sort of keeping an eye on you guys. He, he's just whispering to the two children. I walk up to the farmer. Do you have somewhere to go? Do you have something, you know, some people you can, like, family you can go to now that your house is burned down or anything? He sort of looks up at you. You can see his face is all burned. Like, uh, his hair is, uh, you know, half gone. Um, he, uh, he, he, his, uh, you know, he's got second-degree burns all over his face. half not throws a healing word at him. It hurts nothing. He just, like, sits down next to the children. He seems as shook as they are. Liddell says, um, uh, Father, we could take them to we could take them to Whiteport with us, and and then I we know the family there, the Middle they, they they are they are good folk. Okay, then settled. They'll travel yeah. with us on the way to Whiteport. If we hey, know who's come. there, then that'd be okay. I want to give him ten gold pieces. Just to like, oh, that's not necessary. This is just to help you. Get there, you know? No, this is just to help you get started whenever we get to Whiteport. Because I sort mean, of, he sort of, at first he sort of turns you down. No, no, that, that's not that's not necessary. But then he like sort of thinks second, thinks twice about it, and sort of takes it. It's like his whole shit is over there yeah. burning. He just sort of bow to you, bow to you repeatedly, and then put it away. And with evidence of firestalker damage less and less, our heroes find their rolling hills flattening into a a porcelain plateau. Pure white rock, broken only by a few bushes and shrubs, stretches on for days as you travel along a beaten path. After days of travel, the white rock gives away, revealing hundreds of feet below a crystal blue ocean that stretches as far as the eye can see. Traveling along the cliff, the road snakes along for what seems like hours. And as you wander along this road, the people out in front uh, don't need a perception check to notice that on this open road with no blockage whatsoever, there is a clear wall built across the uh, the, the, the ever uh, ever narrowing peninsula that you're walking on here, uh, and has an, an enormous uh, portcullis gate in the center. It's made out of sandstone, and uh, at the top of that, you see several soldiers, uh, archers and crossbowmen, uh, atop the portcullis. Um, Liddell. Are these people like always hostile, or are they like just here to guard the gates? Uh, Liddell sort of uh, is, is behind, but she hurries up. She says, "Oh, uh, this this is this is the checkpoint. Um, this 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 is to keep the road safe." What do they check for? Uh, I know my, my dwarfness has been of concern so far to everybody. Is this going to cause any issue with these these guards? Might be. Do you, do you have a disguise? Half not says absolutely not, and casts disguise self on you, like a teenage half elf. Teenage asshole. A teenage out. mutant in travel. <laughs> and I approach the gate and I say, uh, as official auxiliary, great native variant, <laughs> who I just met. Um, I uh, request passage through this checkpoint. You hear down from the top of the gate, you there, you are a cleric of Tamoons, yes? 
Of course. He said, the, gate, the portcullis begins to open. He says, your, uh, your other friends will be subject to inspection. And he sort of waves you in. And I approach the gate next to Terrence and his two children and, and start to escort them through to safety. And they say, oh, oh, are, 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 uh, ma'am, are these refugees? Yes. Yeah, we uh, saved them from some fire demons. Oh, uh, refugees, uh, we're supposed to, uh, we're supposed to get, uh, names and, and addresses, and, and he runs down, and he seems to ignore the rest of you. The, the other guards sort of allow you to pass. But he does approach the father and talks to him about his name and takes some information down. He doesn't then, have an address. Well, he's, <laughs> yeah. And they, wave, of residence. they wave him through eventually after some information is taken down. And they, then they close the gate, the portcullis, and, uh, and resume their position, and they say, um, uh, Lady Liddell, uh, Master Varian, uh, I'm sure the middle will see you. And they point you down the road. As you look down the road, you see that the road sort of uh, trails down onto a beach uh, at, the, at the end of this white peninsula, this white sand peninsula. The blue water stretches in all directions from the, uh, from the end of the peninsula here. The beach is about a, a, a square mile across. And it's built up with various uh, buildings. Out in the out in the blue water, you see coral structures that seem to emerge from the shallow water, um, and those also seem to be teeming with life, teeming with people. As this whole village seems to be packed with, from what you can see, mostly humans. So, with the Minolay, <clears throat> is this family sea elves? They live in the ocean. Uh, Liddell says, um, "Please don't use differentiating monikers when referring to the indigenous." We are all indigenous. So they live in the ocean, though? Yes. Okay, awesome. Uh, is it sunny? It is very sunny. Ah, well, as soon as Half Knot is 20 feet from the beach, like the first sand granule he can see, he, shirt off, pants off, dancing in the sand, singing to himself, and kicking his shoes off. No shirt, no shoes, no problems, motherfucker. Have not bolts away from you guys towards the beach, towards a, a less crowded area of the beach, and like starts splashing through the, the gentle waves uh, on the on the white sand, uh, dancing naked as his clothes sort of float away in the tide. A couple of a couple of adults harump at him as he runs by, but they don't seem to do anything. Little else. naked kids just running around. <laughs> the father, uh, he uh, he sort of says uh, he he sort of says to Varian, um, he shakes his hand and says. Thank you, kind, kind uh, sir. Uh, just thank you so much. And Barry just kind of grump. And then he goes to a seaweed, um, and and you know the seaweed. He gives you like this big hug. He's still got scars all over his face and like the sides of his like his arms and stuff. Um, and he says, I, I, "We wouldn't be here without you." Um, and uh, and he sort of he he, he gives you like a, a very sort of um, grateful hug. And then the two children also come and grab your legs. They both are, are like crying. I just don't know what we're gonna do, but but I couldn't be more thankful to, to, to that you came along when you did. You're welcome. I'm glad that I, my timing was precise enough to be able to save you. Take care of my friend. Fluffy McTootherton. Oh, your... oh yes, right. We saved uh, that thing. What? The little boy. The little okay, boy Philip. He comes up with uh, with uh, Fluffy in his hands, and he holds him up, and Fluffy goes. You don't have to talk with animals on, but you're pretty sure he's thanking you. I give uh, Fluffy a little kiss on the, the head. Mm -hmm. The guinea pig, right? Yeah, he's a okay. guinea pig. Yeah. Don't forget to feed him more. <laughs> give and, him a block to chew on. And don't forget to make <laughs> sure he gets guy. enough food. Oh, yes, yes, Mrs. Seaweed. The father sort of ushers them towards the town, and they seem to uh, be walking into the, the, the center of this sort of beach city. Good luck to you guys. Thank you so much. They just sort of disappear into the crowd.
you notice that a lot of these, uh, several of the, uh, the buildings, at least those closer to the beach, a lot of them seem to have been recently broken. Um, some of them uh, are collapsed. The people are rebuilding them uh, with, uh, with uh, wood and coral. But it seems odd to see so many buildings near the beach that have been battered, their roofs smashed in. Uh, people, people are desperately rebuilding them. Hmm. I go up and I question one of the builders. What happened here? So he looks at you and says, oh, are you new in town? Oh, can you help us? Uh, sure. Uh, he says, great, and he hands you a, uh, he points to a big chunk of coral that is probably too weak to move. Uh-huh. Um, and says, can you lift that over here? And he's got like this place in the sand where he's, uh, he's building a foundation of coral and like, uh, wet sand. Uh, yeah, sure, I give him a hand with that. After that creature attacked the city, um, and the Menelaid had to fend him off and barely defeated him, um, it, it was, it, uh, it's been, it's been very bad around here. What kind of creature? Oh, some horror from the depths. It had tentacles and a toothy face. Uh, it was eating people left and right. Was it a kraken? I, I don't know, sir. It was a it was a horror the likes of which we've never seen in these parts. Do you think maybe it was just hungry? I don't know, ma'am. I don't know, ma'am. I just know that it came here and it, and it, the, the 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 wonderful indigenous protectors they they fought it off, but they did, it could be back. It was not dead. Everyone's very worried. Everyone's very worried that it'll come. Is this the first time it's attacked? It's the first time we've ever seen such a monster. We've heard myths of such creatures. Never believed they actually... And your myths never came on the shore. No, why would they? <clears throat> it's and one creature or many? It was one. One. It was huge. It, it, was it, was, it, it took up the entire island, or the entire end of the peninsula. Did it seem to attack any specific thing, or was it yes, just it wildly... Yes, it attacked the indigenous. Okay. Mm. What's being done to uh, prevent another attacker to... I'm not sure there's anything we can do. Most of our boats were destroyed. Other boats have gone missing lately. So why have you chosen to rebuild instead of move? This is the only place that's safe from the Firestalkers. Cracker attacks are very dangerous. Especially a white horse. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys are uh, in town here. Varian and Liddell uh, approach you. Um, and Varian says, uh, we've been invited to, the, to speak to the Middle um, we're gonna, we'll, we'll go speak to them and uh, you guys uh, just make yourselves comfortable here in town. Speaking of which, uh, was the local tavern destroyed? The local tavern was not destroyed. Uh, as, uh, as you and Kadeem are helping build that house, the guy was like, oh no, the local tavern not destroyed the, uh, the coral and thunder. I quickly stop helping anybody and head to the tavern. Okay. You see that uh, uh, there, there is a, a two-story tavern, um, and it, uh, it, 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 out front it, it says the, the, the coral and drunkard. Um, and it, uh, it's basically made out of, uh, it's basically made out of coral, and, um, it looks pretty run down, um, and empty. Hmm. Relative to the rest of this town. Well, I, th I feel like they may not be in a celebrating mood. Okay. But I'll make up for Half not bolts in front. If there are, if there are double tavern doors, slap them open. Would you like a naked little Yosemite Sam? Alright, half not. Uh, well, Mithy is, uh, is admiring the door. <laughs> um, you, you, you notice that there are about 12 people in this pretty small room. There's a bartender who's hustling about in an apron, um, serving uh, what looked to be sort of uh, some sort of fermented drink in, in, a, in coral cups. In one corner of the room, in one corner of the room is a very portly gentleman sitting with his head down. You see that his teeth uh, are mostly gold, but some of them are very, very unhealthy black. He has a big 
extruding lower lip that looks swollen. Uh, his eyes are nearly swollen shut as he just seems to look glumly down into his glass in the corner. Half-Knot immediately moves over to the injured-looking gentleman and throws a healing word at him. And he can't... He doesn't see me. No, he doesn't see me. I'd slide into the booth opposite him and say, And you're feeling better? You quickly notice that what appear... His, his big lip and his, his sort of swollen face, they don't seem to be injuries. This just seems to be a feature. Hello, little boy. So did you be with your parents and not in the bar? Half not if he touches you, uh, <laughs> let me know. I would like to use my fool's insight to read his thoughts. <laughs> Why did they take my boat? Ah, and then I probe deeper. So as you probe deeper, you you you, you hear. Who were those men with the weird accidental numbers on their neck? Taking my boat like it's theirs, it belonged to me. Half not mentions and motions to Mibby and messages at the same time. You are the guy who knows the guys with numbers on their necks that stole a boat. Come tell this guy you know. Okay, so first I go up to the bartender and I order two drinks. Three, uh, three bar, drinks. The bartender like hustles over to you. Uh, I need three of your uh, finest uh, liqueurs or ales. Uh, sir, uh, you, you see anything new here? Uh, one gold, sir, for, for three of our finest. I slide him five. His eyes light up and he he climbs up, he's sort of a short fellow, he climbs up uh, uh, on a little stool, he reaches up to the top and pulls down a, 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 a clear coral bottle that's like a pink uh, coral that that's, you can see through into a, into a clear liqueur and uh, immediately sort of pops it and pours three glasses from, uh, that are uh, arrayed already on the bar. Where will you be seated, sir? Uh, with my friends over in the corner. With Goldie? Your friends with Goldie? Uh, acquaintances. He looks down at the five gold, looks back at you, okay, and then he drags the, he, he rushes over and puts the three drinks down in front of Half Knot and Goldie. I reach over and say, this is my friend. He knows the men with numbers. Motion you in. What can you tell me about your uh, ship? It is the best ship in the world. They asked me if they, I would sell it to them, and I said no. Then they said, if they could rent it, and I said no. And then... They said, but well, we're going to take it anyway. And then I tried to fight them, but they were too strong. Well, I think I uh, I might be able to talk to my friends, the, the ones with the numbers on their necks. Yeah, that's much better. Uh, 19. There was his puppy eyes at you. Uh, you can see these sunspots all over his bloated face. Um, and he says, Well, I think they headed up to the north a little. I heard from another say that there's some sort of weird ship up there. There's a whole lot of weird stuff going on. Those folks were awful tall. How, uh, what, how, how, how tall? You know, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little short, so I'm wondering how tall. They were very tall. You folks, you couple of dudes, a couple of pretty short, but they, they were up at the, at the six and a half to seven foot range, I'd say. So, if, 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 just, you know, humor me. If we get your ship, do you have a crew? Would you help us? And all of a sudden, like, like a there, there was a, there was sort of a mopiness about him. That's gone. It doesn't change his voice, but uh, his eyes seem a little keener than you than you first noticed. Um, as he says, if you give him a ship back, he can help you out. Maybe we should talk upstairs. He looks around. 
Why don't we talk upstairs? I hope you got the more friends, because you two aren't going to be defeating all of those tall folks. They were real speedy-like. Uh, they're, they're friends of mine. It's okay. I, I know how to deal with them. I hope so, because they were real speedy and real scary. Maybe and half not follow Goldie upstairs to a grungy room, which Goldie unlocks with an oversized key. Grungy room. It looks like he's been, like, just... Throwing trash on the floor for months. As, as he tries to put that key away, I try to mage hand it out of his hand. As you try to grab it, his hand, his fat hand sort of squeezes around it and he smacks that mage hand, uh, dispelling it immediately. With a speed that uh, sort of surprises you. I'm liking this guy. Sorry, Goldie, he can't handle his liquor. You, you've got to excuse him. I tell you what, it, the boy needs to learn manners. Next time he tries that, just chop off his hand. Don't get too talented if you don't want me to do it. And then he slams the door behind you as you guys walk into the grungy, trash-filled room. I take a seat on his bed and kind of just lounge back. Oh, it stinks in here. I open the window and I cast strong warding wind and I blow all the shit out. <laughs> on the street? <laughs> this is a wave of trash just comes pouring out the window. Uh, you guys notice, as you're standing at the window blowing this mountain of trash out in like a funnel out the window, uh, you get slapped on the back of your head, and you take nine damage as Goldie slaps you upside the head, and you need a, con- a concentration. Uh, I guess I fail because it's a nine. Yeah. <laughs> the wind goes away. He said, "Boy, don't you mess with me. I will smack you upside the head till you get bleed out your ears, and you will look like me after a while." Oh my god. What's going on up there? You guys all notice trash come pouring into the street and catching the wind and like I, pull half the town. I turn to Jonathan Bealey. Where's your child charge? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I start hurrying towards the tavern. Yeah. Dennis, Dennis the menace. Yeah, I'm gonna keep fixing houses. I'm gonna do something constructive. I would like to use my fool's insight to disengage and move behind him and then I would like to take my dagger out and hold it to his nuts. He looks at you, maybe he said, hey, you don't get this boy under control. I'm gonna get him under control for you. At this point, I'm okay with that. He turned around to you and said, boy, this is your last chance. I'm willing to forgive you giving away all my good stuff, but I ain't willing to forgive you cutting my nuts up. Alright, it's been like three rounds. Has Father John gotten up there? Yeah, Father John, you got into the bar, and like you hustle into the bar, and you, uh. I saw the trash coming out the window, so I ran upstairs. Uh, just 13 straight strength. Yeah, this is a wussy ass door. You crack that shit, and uh, you look in and you see Half Knot holding a dagger to a big, fat, ugly, like, uh, <coughs> dude's uh, balls. With maybe standing in the corner with his arms folded, just watching. <laughs> what kind of insanity is this? <laughs> just Boy! Let him work it out. Play against that man's testicles. <laughs> and I grab the knife out of his hand. This is not to be waving around in people's private areas. This is for cutting meat to eat. Off of your plate, and defending yourself from yeah. from giant fiery beasts. I do not resist anything that Father John says or does. And uh, the guy. Looks I'll be like, holding on to this for just today. You can think about what you've done. Yeah, the guy looks at you and he said, "We're about time somebody came to take this little piece of shit kid." Terribly sorry, sir. I, I can see that you've gone through quite a bit already. What can we do to make your your plight any easier? Well, if you know that these two, they told me they can get my ship back, and I want my ship back. Well, in fact, we're in need of a ship. 
Now that you mention it, we, we, we are on a journey. We need to go over the seas. If we get the ship for you, you might take us to where we need to be. But don't we just have to be somebody else to trust here, Father, and he sort of gives you a nod? John, we've made a, an agreement with this man. If we get his ship, he's going to repay his debt to us by being our captain. Excellent. So I think we kind of know the direction we need to go to see our uh, acquaintances up north. Um, but it's going to probably take all of us to go up there. All right, then. And put some clothes back on. <laughs> yeah, Captain, it's too easy to slice your balls off. I think he's talking to you. I was clearly talking to the naked child in the room. Where where did half not pull the dagger out of? <laughs> where do you keep this dagger? When you're completely naked. Half not always keisters a dagger. Ouch! Is all I got to say. To that. <laughs> Who were these men that took your boat? They weren't men. They were something else. Tell me about them. They were real tall. <coughs> they had strange beards on the side of their face, but didn't have any hair. Real calm, you know, like nothing worries them. What about the numbers you were talking about? Well, I don't know how many they got in total, but they got at least 12. No, the numbers on their necks. Oh, yeah, that was real weird. Numbers on their necks? Yeah, they were real weird. They had real prominent big numbers tattooed on the back of their neck. It was real weird. I never think any that. You're just helping build? I repair five houses in like this time that they're doing this. All right, so you, yeah, just go ahead and roll us an athletics check, see how, how much you get done, how, how much impressive of a local thing. Oh my goodness. 22. Oh my goodness. the ladies. Um, yeah, basically you've got people like, you, you know how, you know how like uh, the city workers, like there's the one guy who digs the hole and there's the four guys who lean on shovels? Yeah. you got like 40 guys leaning on shovels. you got like 40 guys leaning on shovels while, uh, while you are digging like a maniac. Uh, and, and, and lifting huge boulders. There's like ladies like just like a game as they sit on the beach and watch you just walk nice. back and forth. Song that Gaston sings in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and he goes up There's like a gallery of, uh, of gawkers just watching right now. Doing yes. great work, doing great work. A couple of times your, your biceps bolt so much they sort, of, they sort of tear a little bit of your shirt. Down goes down when you're lifting rocks. <laughs> That's what happens, man. You know, it gets scraped up. Um, um, maybe one of these ladies can repair it for me. Yeah, a couple of ladies are hurrying over to, to offer to help you. And, uh, meanwhile, upstairs, Goldie is uh, is seated on his bed now, just sulking a little bit. Oh, you don't need to be down, Goldie. You'll be back with your ship in no time. We need to go get this fishing boat that you spoke of. Well, I, I, I know where we could get one for sure. Well then, let's uh, go to this spot in the, the dock and, and rent us a boat for the day. We need a fucking captain to get us where we're going, so enlist this motherfucker. You're the only one he trusts. Oh, you're so smart. Good job, youngin. Keep taking all those good ideas. And one day, you'll be making the big decisions. Now go outside and look for people coming. <laughs> I go outside and look for people coming. I go outside and we see Kadeem all oiled up looking like <laughs> Kevin Sorbo. Like, there's, two, there's two women on each arm like giving him a little massage. Yeah, dude, I'm sore, man. I need a, yeah, I need He's that. got a sidekick named Eolus that came out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Gaston. How dare you replace me, you bastard. Well, dude, you were busy playing around the trash, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. This gentleman is a is, a, is an expert captain. We we need him, and we need his dock expertise. We need his crew expertise, and we need his sailing expertise. And he has already agreed to help us in return for returning his ship, plus a little bit of sailing afterwards. He, he leads you down to the docks, and you see that uh, the docks are actually made of coral. 
um, and they, uh, they're built coral and they're quite even and flat. Uh, they, they appear out of the shallow water. A lot of the water out here seems to be about four to five feet deep. As you walk out on the docks, you see on both sides in the four to five feet deep water, uh, emerging uh, about a few feet above the water are little homes uh, that seem to be built in the water itself. Inside the home does not have water, but, um, but they're built out of coral, a living coral. Question, yeah. are any of them damaged or any of them? Yes, many of them are damaged. Like you see a bunch of sunken boats that have been sort of dragged up onto the dock and some of them are being repaired, some of them are not being repaired. Um, as soon as you get on the boat, Goldie mans the oars and he mans them expertly as he, uh, he seems to deftly maneuver the ship and pump the oars with, uh, with a, a speed that uh, is very, very surprising for a man of his bulk. You see something <coughs> floating above the water, about 40 feet above the water. Uh, we should proceed with caution. There's a ship up ahead. A floating ship. Mm. Floating on the water? Yes. Mm. Do you not see it? No. Wait, don't what? our ships float on the water? It's a floating like a ship. Yeah, we're floating too. I look over at this ship that is also floating. It's above floating. the water. It's, what do you call the word? We are also floating you're above the water. You're on the water and you're not seeing anything, but you do see a shadow in the water. <clears throat> I and, look up. And, and I point, I'm like, do you guys not see anything? It's right up there. Oh my God, it's a flying ship. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as you are floating out, you do see a, a very strange ship. It is huge, uh, perhaps uh, 200 or more feet bow to stern. And it is also very tall. The front of it has like a parachute type sail. All along the back is another sort of, uh, almost like a dish, like a dish shaped uh, fin in the back. Um, and uh, along the sides are sort of uh, sail like protrusions that are in the shape of sort of fish-type fins. Beneath that is a wooden structure that is built and seems to be carried by the rest of the uh, enormous uh, floating sail-type structure above it. Uh, hey Goldie, is that your ship? That's what I heard people talking about, I, I, I get it. Okay. You mean that's not your ship? That is not my ship. Of can you get us underneath the ship so I can board it? We don't need to be boarding flying ships, do we? I don't know. I like the idea of owning a flying ship. I do too. I cast Veil of Shadows and I throw my cloak on of, uh, my... Uh... Your boat is like cloaked in a uh, in quite a magical sort of uh, disruption of space and time. You can see out just fine, but you know that you're you're very quiet, unnaturally so. Yeah, but I also put my uh, elven cloak on and so, you get, so I also disappear at the same time. You told me you knew these people. So, we're gonna get underneath it, and then I'm gonna float up, I'll drop a rope down for y'all to come up. They look like you don't know these people like you told I, I was suggesting that we avoid them entirely, and you know these people? Uh, Goldie, we... I just I wanna know see what's them. on the boat. They're just not happy with me right now. Look, if we're gonna do a stealth mission, I'm fine with that, we can get my boat back, but... That prefers everybody just more a little more honest with me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Goldie! We're not trying yes. to commandeer this. We just want to go up and investigate. That's actually really I'd say nice. we sabotage it. I want to know if these are friend or foe. Luthias, investigate, and if it's dangerous, let me know. And then he flies towards the ship. Goldie's rolling, rolling you towards. So he continues rolling towards the boat. The uh, Luthias comes back in about 10 minutes um, and lands on your shoulder. Is there danger? Um, I don't think he seems scared. If there's danger, go float on one of their shoulders. Sweet. Hey guys, I think this is safe. I think these guys are friendly, so I, I really think we should just go up and introduce ourselves. The Siwi activates her amulet of levitation and proceeds up towards the Gith airship. 
Plus ten oh, bonus. Oh, so twenty nine. As you're as you're floating up, you guys all lose track of her very quickly. As you as you as you activate your amulet and just begin to float up, float slowly upward. But not um, so you get up there, and when you get up there, you see a bunch of very strange creatures standing at what can only be described as attention, very militaristic, disciplined style. Sure. Paper, and I write a note to them describing what I've just seen, mm-hmm. and attach it to the end of the rope and drop the rope down. Yes, the rope the rope drops down pretty close to the boat, and then uh, you guys are able to easily pull it over to the boat. So I'm going to put my uh, hood up for my, my cloak of elven kind. Same. And uh, start climbing, I guess. Kadim instantly regrets letting Livy go first, as the dwarf goes far too slowly for Kadim's practiced athletic taste. And he's holding you back so much that you just like send him on your shoulder and just <laughs> old shimmy him up. Yeah. <laughs> and Smithy's like, yay, wee! <laughs> um, and uh, you guys appear, uh, 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 the, the rope uh, is tied to just below the deck level. You pass several windows on your way up into what looks like sort of a ship, like sort of a cruise ship type thing. No sails on top, but um, as you're climbing up, you're, 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 you can see through several windows. They, they seem to be looking into small bunk rooms. They are covered in a very, very high quality glass. Uh, so on deck, they are standing at attention. Uh, they're tall, lanky fellows with very defined V-shapes and very, very thin. Uh, they, they have a sort of discipline to them that's a little unnerving. You see on your side of the boat here, they're about every 10 feet. On the far side of the boat, they're about every five feet. And they seem to be watching. It's built of a wood you've never seen before, like a purplish mahogany. And everything is super slick, uh, like a shiny waxed uh, color. All of the walls and stuff are made of just perfectly built mahogany in this sort of lavender color. Glass here is something well beyond ever anything you've ever noticed. Can I see any, like, I guess, you know, passages leading downstairs or, like, any captain's quarters anywhere? Or? You see on the front deck uh, of what is kind of like a ship that's suspended underneath this huge floating apparatus made of canvas. Mm-hmm. You do see sort of a, on the front a built-up sort of bubble, like, a, like, a, like you know, the Seattle Tower? Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of shape, much shorter, but built up out of the front of the boat with glass windows all around it. Mm-hmm. I tap Mavie's shoulder, and I just kind of like brush along his arm, like in that direction. And they, they start talking to each other in a very strange language that's uh, sort of... As you look off in the direction most of the uh, diligent soldiers are looking, you see emerging from the water a strange structure. It's almost like a circular temple type thing with two long walls and openings on the on the on the sides around these triangular structures uh, that emerge probably 80 feet out of the water it seems that most of the soldiers on deck here are watching this structure so I'm gonna levitate about 10 feet up um, like and go to the center so I'm like in the center of the ship we have come from above to help ah natural 20 are you serious yes all right, so as you levitate up, we have come from above to help. We are here for you. Accept us. All of the eyes that were on the side, of the north side of the boat, looking out to sea, looking at this structure, suddenly the entire row just turns in unison, and they turn to look in your direction. As they do, 
uh, more of them emerge from uh, from the taller, like sort of the upper decks in the back of the boat. About 30 more emerge immediately. They have uh, blades drawn, curved short blades drawn, emerging from the glass tower in the front onto the roof of the glass tower. You see one of, of their number that looks you know, pretty much the same as the others. He leaps down about 35 feet. Okay. And as he jumps down, he sort of floats down and lands on the deck very close to you, where you are. I ask for parlay and need assurance that you will not harm us. We are only here to help. I see you have a problem on the horizon, and we are here for you. I am designation 904, captain of the Deep Skipper. I am authorized to make a negotiation with you. Where is 10764? One of the ones who was standing at attention steps forward. I am designation 10764. I am not authorized to talk to you. And he steps back. Give him authorization. So the 904 one sort of waves his hand, and the 10764 steps forward. We have come across paths before. Tell them we are friends. So the, 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 the higher numbered one, 10764, looks over at his captain, looks back in your general direction, then just sort of strides forward uh, up to where he thinks you are. I stealth on board. You have acquired <laughs> a ship from one of our companions. You will return it to him. I believe you know the ship I am talking about. 904 just begins speaking. He's tired of this. As he says, if you help us complete our mission, we will have no need of your ships. The Githzerai always honor their word. Because you're talking, they've pinpointed your location, and they have a perimeter around you on the deck. They don't have weapons drawn, but you get a sense they could have them drawn anytime they yeah, want. Yeah, I kind of start coming down, so I'm more on their level. I'm just stealthing towards that tower. Okay, you guys are not noticed as you uh, as you pass around the circle that's formed sort of around her, towards the glass tower from which 904 has, or has leapt off of in sort of a floating fashion. You guys drop the invisibility. Yeah, and then I outstretch my hand. Greetings, 904. I am a seaweed. Greetings, I am Captain of the Deep Skipper, 904. I am authorized to speak to the natives. Are you in charge of your group? Yes, well, yes. We I seek, have no doubt in our abilities. We seek to leave this realm. What realm are you from? We are, we are from the Astral Sea. Right. He points towards this, this uh, structure out in the uh, open sea. He says, this was built by the Deep Ones. It has the power to return us to our home in the Astral Sea, but it requires a sacrifice. The Kraken? We have attracted a suitable sacrifice, but we have been unable to bring it into the circle. Are you referring to the Kraken? Is he your sacrifice? He sort of looks over at 10764. 10764 nods and says, I believe it is called Kraken in your language. We wish to destroy it as well and send it back to where it came from. Wonderful. If you bring it to the center of the circle, we will activate it. The blood sacrifice will be met and we will be sent. We will use the opening portal to return to our world. Where is the Kraken? Have you guys been able to keep track of him? We have drawn it here. However, it has been uncooperative. It is more intelligent than we anticipated. Well, I know he likes to eat townspeople, so perhaps we can set a trap and be bait for him. I will find, I will gather my squad, and we will devise a plan as well. In the future, please address us directly. We do not appreciate tricks and games. I understand. We had to be sure that you were not foe. We did not, I did not want to harm you, but I also did not want to get ourselves harmed. Logical. He shakes your hand. 
I shake his, I reach out to shake his hand. He has to lean down. He's very tall. Have I been able to break into that tower while they've been doing yes, this? Yes, you can. Uh, if you get to the tower door, you find it unlocked. Good. I sneak inside and start checking stuff out. There's a guard at the bottom, but he doesn't. Good. Is there like stairs going down or there up is, or what? There are stairs, very tall stairs. You know, big steps going up. Fuck it then, I go upstairs. You climb up the stairs, you find yourself in this big glass room. It's full of amazing devices designed to enhance your visibility powers. Mm -hmm. um, some of them are manned, others are not. And they seem to be scanning the horizon through these telescopes, looking for something. Alright, while they're distracted, I'll start looking for any kind of a table with maps or anything like that. There's a huge table covered with maps. They seem to have points of light in darkness. They do not seem to have any names that you recognize or any language that you um, I'm just curious about going down. Um, do I see any... Any other entrances to like any engineering rooms or the stairs do lead down as well. I'm gonna keep going down further. I'm gonna go down as far as I can on these stairs and see what's at the bottom. I'm gonna try and take out one of my blacksmith chisels mm -hmm. and see if I can break open the lock. So be 18. Yeah, you wedge a, something in there and you're able to break off the lock. Um, there's a little bit of noise, but it doesn't seem like anyone's down here. Okay, I'm gonna push the door open and see what's on the other side. Yeah, there's a lot of huge gears moving and there's there's some wheels that seem to be locked in place and a few other things a, a lot of mysterious looking large mechanical devices okay so 904 up on the deck we need the creature to enter the circle we have eyes on the creature all right Matthias Matthias can you go get our friends down here up here can you get them get half knot and a father father papa were there any just loose devices lying around the room I could pick up? Like there one are, of those telescopes? There are spy glasses, uh, like long telescoping uh, lenses, all kinds of strange uh, compasses and, and devices all throughout scattered about these desks. I want to grab a telescope and a compass that, been, that don't seem to be like on the table like they were being used, but maybe on a shelf somewhere mm -hmm. that maybe they won't be missed. You're easily able to grab one or two. Okay, gets dry telescope and compass. <laughs> Matthias floats down, or flutters down and lands on uh, Clark John's shoulder. There's a bluebird singing on my shoulder. <laughs> oh, what is it, little birdie? Alright, uh, 19 for uh, insight or animal handling. He, he seems to be, uh, he seems to be uh, indicating for you to climb or to go up. Half not, why don't you open that dimensional door you were talking about earlier? Okay! Ha ha ha! And he cast dimension door. <laughs> I have talked to the captain of the Deep Skipter, 904, and uh, and have secured us. They are similar mission to us. They're going to cook goal, for you. And we, I need help, and I whisper this to them. I have no idea where Mivy and Kadeem went, um, and they have no idea that I've made brokered a deal. Anyway, so they are, they are from the astral realm. Mm, he nods. They are from the astral realm and just trying to get back. If we can draw the Kraken there, they'll do the rest and then the villagers will get their ships back, and they will leave. 904 says, I am afraid many ships have already been destroyed. <laughs> As is normally the case. Can you tell me about the ship in the distance? A fine vessel for your inferior technology. And the name of that ship? I believe it is called the Menelay. That ship must not be harmed. We do not need the ship, then we will bring the creature to the circle. Perfect, that is our plan. But that ship must not be harmed in the process of you leaving. 
We will give you the ship. Bring this, bring the creature to the circle. Proud Father John and the Honorable have not paying no attention to his nakedness. He is much wiser than he appears. They don't seem phased by nakedness. Uh, after a certain point, I go downstairs. Yeah. I stealth back out the tower. Mm -hmm. I try to stealth up to them so I can just kind of appear. You know what? They're not even looking. All right. I stealth up to them and then just appear by throwing my cloak back. Ah, Kadeem, you've yes. come from above as well to join us. Yeah, sure. Yes, of course. I'm talking to my people here. You mind, you mind giving us some privacy? You are on my ship. Um, and you're on my realm. Why'd you summon me, Asiwi? These people are the Gitsurai, are from the astral realm. I nod to the captain. Is, is that the ship we're hunting for? Yes. And where's the Kraken? Uh, they have it in their sights once the rest of our group gets here. We'll be able to devise a plan and go <clears throat> lure it. Now, the captain is afraid that the, the Kraken is very intelligent, mm -hmm. so he advises us to proceed with caution. Although I told him intelligence, we're not that worried. The creature is 4.37 miles to the northwest. So I looked at the captain, I'm like, so if the, what you're saying is if the Kraken dies on the inside of this circle, what? If the creature approaches, we will activate the circle. If the creature touches the circle, it will be pulled inside. If we are also there, will we be pulled inside? That's a good, yeah, I'm kind of wondering about that. You should be very careful. So that they will disappear and we'll save the village? Like what, there's going to be a portal that opens up so the kids ride can get home? Yeah, the kids ride will be gone. Okay. They've assured me they will leave. All of the ships that are, have not been damaged will be returned. And the Kraken will be gone. In the deep ocean, there is a nest. This is one of the young. We have drawn it here. We attacked the mother. Uh, 904, our plan will require the assistance. We will need some of your men. Unacceptable. And as you know, Mivy is uh, short patience, and he thinks at this point that he, you know, he's wondering why. He uh, walks over to the gears and finds a small, small gear, uh, jams his invisible rod into the gear and presses the button. Gear immediately grinds to a halt. <clears throat> Connected gears, or interlocked gears, also slowly grind to a halt. And there's begins to be a bit of a lurching, like a sound as the uh, entire thing begins to lurch slowly to the left, and then sort of begins to sink down with its like side. You guys all feel this, by the way. I think we need deck save. The boat begins to list wildly. Uh, uh, the Captain 904 suddenly seems less interested in what you're doing and runs back into the uh, glass tower, uh, followed by a small army as he, you hear footsteps descending down the stairs quickly. I'm gonna just see if I can dump all the tools that I find in the room into the gears, like into <laughs> any of the moving uh, workings of the engine. All this is happening, the room fills with these lanky athlete, athletic creatures, and they see you immediately and just overrun you, pinning you to the ground. You don't even need a check. They're, they're, they're super strong as they just, they lock you up full Nelson. Uh, you know, one of them's got a blade at your throat, totally pick you up off your feet, start carrying you out. So I uh, I turn into a dust devil, which I assume would, I don't know if they could grapple <laughs> a dust devil. grapple, yeah. Um, and I fly back up out of the glass tower. They they swing at you wildly as you, as you escape up the thing, but they are as fast as you. And you, uh, you see Mimi appear on the deck, surrounded now by weapons drawn, get, get all these poised to just... Stop! You promised no harm would come to us! Okay, you're all prone as you see this happening. You find yourself completely <coughs> surrounded by 12 of these 
very, very tall creatures, all weapons drawn. And they part as uh, one of them approaches you and says, I am designation 904, identify yourself. I'm Mivy, who are you? I recognize your weapon. Why? One of my seniors has a similar weapon. Did you come by this weapon from its creator? Uh, it was given to me, yes. By the conqueror of the of the stars. Perhaps. He sort of waves. The other sort of step back. He says, the conqueror of the stars, we have been instructed to respect his minions. We are, yes. We have a common enemy. Who? Those of the face of Squid. Somebody comes running up out of there and whispers in his ear. He says, provide instructions to remove your object. Provide instructions or we will throw you off the side of the ship. All right, all right. It's, it's in the small gear. Just press the button. The boat sort of stabilizes. Oh my god. Here's what we need to do, friend. We need to like swoop in at an angle and dive like we're going to land in the water to attract the Kraken. And as we see him approach inside, then we dive out and activate the circle as we leave. <laughs> he, he nods and waves as the boat begins to wheel about and head toward that direction. It is circling 4.17 miles away. It moves at approximately 47 miles per hour. Yeah, I wanted us to like get kind of low, fly over where the Kraken is and get it to start chasing us and pursuing us. They fly above the Kraken. The Kraken tracks it as they fly about 40 feet above the water. Mm -hmm. You can see the water breaking in several places as, as scales, long spiky scales from the Kraken begin to sort of break the water. Then it begins to lower the ship quickly into the circle. The Kraken meanwhile stays outside of the and then begins to circle. You can see the waves it's making in the water as it begins to circle around. We need to damage it. And of course it can be angered. If we want to kill it, we just need to go to it. It's not coming to us. Mm -hmm. I can put you on the top of the temple. Let's do that. Do you think he'll fight us there? I do not know. Okay. He's got reach with those tentacles, man. If Let's not, we can take little pot shots even better than so. Uh, from the top of the temple, are we at risk to be uh, evaporated, whatever you call it, when you activate it? Oh wait, gonna be you must be in the circle. Okay, cool. Top of simple it is. I'm ready to. Let's do it. This is fucking nuts. It's really dumb. This is a kraken, guys. It's a fucking kraken. Um, what's your face? 904. We require the assistance of 10974 and 10 of your best. 10764 will accompany you. And 10 of your men. This is my final offer. We got two. They set you on the far side of the uh, circling monster um, so that you have time to get ready. What if you did some tricky shit and just like hung off the ledge and waited for him to pass by and get over to us? You would go in the center of We're gonna shoot this thing, anger it, and then we're gonna jump down as soon as we shoot it to stay out of because he's not gonna come in here with us. So, bless. Everybody remember you got extra heat. So, he's circling around. Time is running out as he begins to turn this corner. Uh, I see we, as you as you take your shot, a bunch of arrows hit him from the gift from uh, <clears throat> from Kadeem. Um but your arrow he seems to start a little to startle a little. Uh, Nineteen damage as, as lightning begins to uh, bolts of lightning, numerous bolts of lightning just begin to strike all around you. The accuracy of these bolts is amazing, it, far beyond anything you've seen cast by a druid. After devastating our heroes with a lightning storm. 
The monster attacks Mivy over and over again with its tentacles, enraged and focused on the elusive dwarf. Alright, you make the escape check, which is really, really good, but you do take 22 damage as the tentacle whips you, uh, just slapping you with like a like a whip. Um, and it tries to grapple you, but you're able to you're able to roll out of it. But, but a natural one is a, is a miss. Uh, as he just slaps around wildly around you. Um, he wipes the sweat from his forehead. Alright, you are now grappled as, the, as he finally gets a hold of you. You can almost feel his bloodlust. Yeah, it's 50 damage. So the ape steps up and the tentacle has got Billy all wrapped up. He steps up with two hands and just breaks the tentacle. Uh, Throwing, throwing, throwing it up, throwing the half that is wrapped up Mivy away, holding the second half as the uh, creature suddenly begins to flail wildly. So he uses a tentacle attack now to attack the ape. Natural twenty. Oh God! Uh, the creature now is is uh, is uh, hissing and flailing. It's, it has about it has about thirty tentacles, um, and one of them is broken off. But it is now very angry. Yes, 24 again! Max damage! <laughs> Alright, now he's focused on you. He sees you. you. And then I pop back down and hide. As you're popping down, you notice, and all the rest of you do too, he closes in quickly. Okay, and at the end of your turn, he takes a tentacle attack on you. The tentacle whips you, slaps you, and tries to grab a, grab a hold, but you're able to slide out of the way. Unfortunately, you do take 28 damage. Um, so he climbs up onto the thing here and goes after a seaweed. Oh shit! He's oh, up no. on top now! Beak emerges as he climbs up on the top here using his tentacles to climb up. His beak emerges above you and the sky darkens. As it closes around you and crushes your body, you take 23 damage. Oh, I'm still alive! There you go. Then, he swallows, he swallows you. You guys all see a seaweed leans over just uh, his face into the uh, circle, bites down on a seaweed, just completely engulfs her. Wait, and then you see his throat begin to swallow her and choke her down. You are now blinded, restrained, uh, and you take, oh, so much. I'm dead. It you works. are unconscious inside the crack. Oh no. Alexa, roll a d20. When my brother who controlled half not went MIA, we let Alexa roll for Apna to see if it could maintain its grapple on the gargantuan kraken. I rolled it for this side that I actually did. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that kraken is, is grappled. grappled. The gra- giant ape just puts his arms around the beak of the kraken and, uh, and manages to hold on as the creature writhes wildly. The, the, the ape takes 23 damage as a tentacle wraps around him. And they are now locked in mutual grappling here. The creature now is up, is, is, is largely, its bulk is up here on the top yeah. of the temple. Uh, 13 damage and he's bleeding again. Axe is, he, blood is everywhere. His blood is an inky black and it's just covering all of you um, as it just seeps over the top of the temple, staining the water all around oh. you. Getting up, I'm moving, maneuvering to get right in front of that Kraken's beak. I want to just unleash three attacks like right next to his beak, trying to provoke him to open up. And as soon as I see him open, I'm hopping in. With 50 damage, you're able to just stab him right in his throat. Uh, his beak opens up and you can see this gaping maw and you have movement. I hop in. All right, you just jump in his mouth. Yes. And it snaps behind you. One failed death save. Come on, Father John. <laughs> 12, no, mm. you're grappled and 21 damage. Bastard. It's his turn. 
he flings Father John. You're now, in, you're now in the water, in the middle of the <laughs> Go, you've got your sacrifice! <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna swallow Kadeem. 42 damage, Kadeem. Blood, the ink just continues to spill out, uh, uh, poisoning the water all around you and all around your feet is just black. I'm gonna use my Helm of Telepathy and it's try and suggest to it that its mother is trying to communicate to it that those are poisonous creatures and it does not want to eat them. The ones in its mm -hmm. mouth? Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Now tell me about this save. Uh, it says you can use an action to cast the suggestion spell, save DC 13. He failed. Hugh, I'm gonna make him roll a con save. He pukes both of your friends into the circle. Cleric John, you see first Kadeem come tumbling head over heels, then a seaweed's body come tumbling head over heels and land right next to you. Well, before I before I like start drowning, I, if I've got my head above water at all, I'm gonna cast uh, another mass healing word. So as I just hit the water, because I assume you did it like right as right before we were hitting. Yeah, because I was trying not to drown. I take some gas for air and like, ah, ah, I'm no. alive! I'm gonna attempt to swim out of this freaking circle this way. Natural oh. 20! Oh my goodness. Nice. Swim up to the edge here. Athletics. And then I'm gonna just climb out. The creature breaks gravel and looks like he's about to retreat. How many hit points does he have? He does not have many hit points. He looks badly damaged and the whole area here is just soaked with black. I like when you track it back. The blood from as it just these these gifts just wade in. They're hacking off tentacles. They are the, the beak itself is sagging to one side. It's just darkness and splurting everywhere. Notice that the airship is beginning to lift up. As you uh, guys watch, an enormous ballista bolt comes and strikes down. And I'm, this is going to be the most important roll. Alexa, roll a d20. I rolled it for this side and I got 15. Hits it. The uh, the enormous uh, ballista bolt with, an, with a huge chain attached strikes into the creature. Nice. The creature begins to be yanked upwards and towards the circle. You get, begin to see a glowing light appear in the center of the circle. With Kadim, Asiwi, and Cleric John all inside the temple, they are all in danger of being a part of the sacrifice if they do not escape the circle before it completes. Oh, we're all down there, eh? Yeah, you are. That Can I good. climb out very easily? Not very easily, but with a good athletics check, you could. I'm going to cast Enhance Ability as a level four spell and affect all three of us and give us all advantage on strength athletics check. Okay. And now I'm going to climb the fuck out of here. Keep it to the edge. You get to the edge at the top. Oh. And you're not quite out of the circle. Oh! You're not quite out of the circle yet. I just pull myself out, make sure I'm nowhere near. You are right next to the edge. You see uh, Jonathan struggling to climb up this curved uh, internal pull in, inside of the up. temple. I'm going to pull Jonathan up. That's an athletic shape. Because I weigh a lot. That'd be a 21. <laughs> you're, able to, you're able to just strong arm and grab him under <clears> one shoulder and just whip him up Ooh. onto the top. And then I want to just take the rope off the side of my backpack and hurl it down to, uh, what's your face, a seaweed. A, a grappling hook splashes into the water next to you, but see, yes, it is now your turn. Yeah, it's only a 21. Okay. Good you climb up to the top. As the harpoon from the Gith airship drags our Kraken into the temple, while the glowing sphere continues to grow, it lashes out with one last tentacle. And there are six targets 
at the top of the temple. I numbered the targets, and then let Alexa select whose fate was dead. This is whoever you hit is going to die. It's D6, and it's going to go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Okay. I rolled a die and got five. The gift! Yeah. The, gift. <laughs> the fucking gift! <laughs> we rolled randomly to see who gets attacked by the Kraken on his turn, and it's the gift. At the end of the round, the airship pulls up, lifting the sagging and, and uh, flailing corpse of this dying, ink-shredding creature uh, off of the off of the side of the temple. Its, its tentacles attempt, attempt to latch onto the side of the temple. One of his tentacles just breaks off as the ship rips it into the center as the, uh, the, the bluish sphere in the center spreads out in, in, in a matter of one second to the edge of the temple all around the circle, uh, centering here at the top of the triangles. The two Gith are dead and the Kraken are pulled into this crackling blue sphere of lightning oh. and, and uh, feathery tentacles of darkness as the circle spins up in a mass of black blood, the uh, the bluish sort of haze around it suddenly fades and a giant uh, black portal opens here in the center. And the ship dives into it immediately. It closes and we're done. And the water's settled. And the water's settled. Ooh. Their names will not be forgotten. As the water settled, a single rowboat rose slowly towards them, each stroke sending long ripples out into the calm water. As he approaches, Goldie does not head for our heroes, but towards his beloved ship, which is docked just outside the temple. Join us next week on Oppressed by Sun as we look into improving that boat, getting a crew, getting out on the high seas. You can visit us at oppressedbysun.com where we got PDFs, maps, lore, a whole lot more. Thanks for listening. See ya.